so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. We are free! Hey everybody, this is Ho Ho Hong Kong and my name is Vivek Mabubani, one of your hosts, of course not just myself, I've got the very funny... Mohammed Magdi. Yeah, Mohammed sure Magdi. I'm not funny today, but <laughs> I exist. Yeah, so if you've noticed that you're like, oh, Mohammed, you're, are you whispering? Uh, dude, I'm in the middle of a move and it's just, I'm also just, I'm a wreck this week. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm moving and I'm, you know, I'm doing that cheap thing when I like every day after work, I just take a bunch of bags on the MTR to the other place because I don't want to keep paying for trucks. Yeah. And I'm just at the end of it and I'm just like, I'm so tired, <laughs> but we'll power through it. Um how do people find you online? Uh, they can find me online at Funny Vivek with the letter M sometimes without whatever. Just find me online. Just just find funniest comedian in Hong Kong and the second guy. <laughs> the second guy. <laughs> Humility is important, Mo. What Very about yourself? Important. I am at the other Mohammed. Uh, I am uh, this is coming out on Monday. Actually, this weekend, when you're listening to this on Monday, I am headlining the backstage this weekend, uh, August 21st. So come get tickets for that. By the time it comes out, it might be sold out. So, you know, just try to get tickets. Yeah. We're giving and everyone hope it might be sold out. <laughs> so give it a try. Hey, even if you're not interested in coming to the show, go check out the poster. Just look at the poster and oh, look at Mo's pose. Yeah. Right? And after you see that pose, realize you need to come to the show. We have a designer who is quite amazing. We've worked with him for a few years. He's in Shanghai. And I give him, you know that picture's from the lawn show? Yeah. So it has a completely different background. Yeah. But I want it to be like a candid photo. And he's like, I work with it. And then he put like this cool... Uh, background like and yeah, the design and, and all that. Like, oh wow, that looks so cool now. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, come to the backstage and also if you didn't make it to this show, just follow the backstage HK. We've been doing really amazing things with the shows. Um, we have Jordan Lung headlining four shows in September. He sold out two shows in 48 hours. And Jordan Lang is quite a big deal now in Hong Kong. He's taking off. Yeah, completely. Uh, and uh, I mean, you hang out with like, you know more of the local scene than, yeah. than me. Wh what is his deal? Like, I know he's a very talented kid, but like, he has been really taking off. I think people appreciate his relaxed mentality. Everyone's like, finally, you know, someone who's more tired than myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why they're like, yes, I feel good about myself. This is a positive mindset. Of course, I'm not. Yeah, if you don't know show. Jordan, uh, find him on Instagram. His, his handle is quite funny. It's called 69 Ranch. And he puts the most random stuff online. Yeah. And he also works for quite a big uh, meme company now. I can't mention their name. Nah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he makes memes for yeah. a living, which is quite amazing to be honest but exactly. anyway talented kid uh let's get to our guest because i'm very excited uh to talk to our guest uh emily tan is a friend who i met earlier this year i would say through a common friend and the reason i wanted to get you on is because you have quite an inspiring story uh from what you do right now because i hang out with you quite often and i see that you are full of life and you are doing so many things and I'm honestly jealous. And I kind of want to learn from you. How do you get this energy? Because when I t got close to you, I realized you have a whole backstory of struggle, being close to death at some points. Uh, so I just want to get your full story. Um, so Emily, thanks for coming on today. Thank you, dude. I mean, like, you want my full story? I'm like, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> I'm not have. <laughs> we, we want the H-I-I-T version of it, the intense there we one. Go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, I mean... I feel a little like, uh, I don't know how to behave because I'm in, my, in the same room as like 
with two funny, 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 funny ass people. <laughs> so don't mind me if I stutter for a little bit. Then again, I'll give them a whole backstory and I would love for you to actually put some jokes in it. Yeah, well, no, you, you might expect tears, but you know, that's also. <laughs> yeah. Comedy is equal to tragedy plus time. We'll take care of the time. Exactly. <laughs> you you take care of the tragedy. Well, the reason why yeah. I bring it up is because, because these have not been easy struggles to get by, right? Right. And Truth to be told, when I was in the hospital, every single time I was in the hospital, I would watch stand-up comedy. Right. That was the only thing that would bring light to things. Despite the fact they're talking about racism, they're talking about rape, they're talking yeah. about babies dying, you know, yeah. things like that. I mean, what is not funny about babies dying? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, population control. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's okay. a nine-month investment. Who, who needs that? We can do that again. That's we can, true. We can lots yeah. of nine months in our lives. Uh, the population, the like, the young people in Hong Kong is declining like quite fast, though, right? Yeah. Like we need babies. You mean here, you mean right? numbers or, or yeah, mentality? The <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're getting dumb. Look at the kids now. Both, they're declining. Apparently, other countries like that too. Like they'll take in, um, I guess, immigrants who are female because the female population in their own country yeah. has been declining based on like you know if. If the baby's a girl, then yeah. it's very common to like chuck it away. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. If it's the old school mentality yeah. of like, oh, we don't want girls, kind right? Of thing, until they like, they realize I'm lonely. <laughs> I need girls. Like, Damn yeah. It. yeah. I mean, had question, question. So I think I read somewhere that Denmark was one of the lowest uh, population, like yeah. new babies being born. Yet they're also rate rated happiest. I think that's, that's a, a correlation. That's directly. That's actually, I mean, yeah. how many parents have you seen smiling? I mean, <laughs> when we do comedy shows, like how many parents in the room? They're like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. And oh. then you ask like our buddy Garen asks, who has dogs? And everyone goes, Yoo! Yeah. Like they're way happier. <laughs> the yeah. dog owner. I have been to Denmark and actually you're right. Like I went in summer when it was like absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, why would you not be happy? Everyone is freaking gorgeous here. There's uh, like who needs kids? They're very good-looking people. But Just look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, very, very conductive to having kids, but you know, no one doing it. Okay. Let's ask first, like, to start with now, because you also do quite a few things right now. So you are... Yeah, nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> before cancer, after cancer, I'm like, I'm still so doing too actually, much. Actually, before we get into that, can we just share a little bit? Okay, so a little backstory. The reason I'm interested in the cancer side of things as well, mm -hmm. because I had, like, uh, lymphoma cancer oh, sure, uh, in 2005, so that's, what, like, 13 years ago? And I think that's kind of a very strong drive of, like, I gotta live my life to the fullest. I want to do 20 things in a day, right? Do you have something similar to that? And what was the experience? And, like, take t let a listen listeners share the, the experience and also one final question when you end before you end your story is that um, if you could redo your life and you could avoid the cancer happening would you choose for it not to happen like for myself I'll be honest I would still want the cancer to happen like that was one of the biggest lessons I had in my life and I'm like because of that a lot of good things happen as well so it, oddly enough I encourage people I'm like hey if you have some time get some cancer it's great <laughs> it's really good motivation seriously like, when you're almost dying you're like damn I'm yeah. definitely going to the gym tomorrow right yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so, yeah. so funny that you brought that up because I was training this morning I, I rocked up to the gym at 5.45 this morning and I was training I'm thinking man it's such a shame that people do chase the fact that they want to shrink their bodies but right. If you get a bit of cancer, mm. that actually helps you. <laughs> yeah, right? I think, right. I think you and I must be like the cancer ambassadors. We're kind of like, everybody, eat that fried rice. Eat right. that burger. Get that cancer. I can also relate to your struggles, let me tell you, because it's very hard for me to shave every few days. 
<laughs> and it's really difficult. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we are all ha- we all have our exactly. own struggles. That's what so I'm what saying. You're sh- on what the same level. Yeah. What you're saying, your facial hair is your cancer. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> every day is your cells are just growing. I have beard cancer. <laughs> it grows too fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does that exist? <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. It's, it, anyway, so yeah. So tell us about the the cancer thing. Like, could you if you're okay with sharing oh, a bit definitely. about? Oh, yeah. definitely. I feel like my whole cancer story has been public anyway. Okay. 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 Yeah. There, so. so just give us like the little, little Cliff Notes version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cliff Note version. I had. I have, I had, I'm still struggling with the have and had, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Right. So it's acute myeloid leukemia. It's one of the main four of leukemia, one of the aggressive ones. The chances of survival at the time was 50%. Mm. And by having a bone marrow transplant slash stem cell transplant, then you increase your chances of survival by like 20%. Okay. So that's a good news. Right. Because I did have my transplant. Thank you very much to my donor from China. Yeah. Nice. Do you that's know that. who the donor is? Uh, no, it's all kept anonymous. Right. But uh. at least I know that, you know, I'm 100% Chinese. Yeah. My brother went to get like those DNA tests and he was like, yeah, we're 99% Chinese. And I'm like, what's the 1%? <laughs> Southeast Asian. Like, yeah. what does that yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. How could you go from Chinese to Southeast Asian? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only 1%. It's like, hmm, this is suspicious. Yeah, exactly. You're also going to get a lot of stupid questions from me about how, you know, the, the, the science part of it works. Mm. So first of all, when did you find out you had cancer? Like, what, what, how old were you? Dude, I was 32. I mean, I wasn't that young. I'm 35 now. Yeah. So I was 32, and I was flying, actually, from Australia to Asia to Dubai and then back to Spain. That was I was going back to Spain. Mm. And when my fever happened for, like, four to five days mm. in a row, I So thought, the first thing, you're completely healthy. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't say I was completely healthy. Well, okay. Because because yes. the year before cancer happened, I was vegan. Ah, uh, that explains everything. Yeah, yeah. me too. Okay, I wasn't right? eating my. I my, mean, my talk my about eat that fried rice and burger. I yeah. probably would have been better eating the fried rice and burger. <laughs> I had kale every day. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Wow. Oh, we'll get into that in a bit because Andy, the previous co- host on the podcast, he is a vegetarian. Yeah. And he's going to listen to this and he's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, which one of my joys in life is to piss off Andy. So yeah. keep going, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's like religion, right? It's like yeah. just because it doesn't resonate with you and your life and your lifestyle and your philosophy doesn't mean that somebody else is wrong. And that doesn't mean that I mean, you're no, he right is either. totally wrong. All right. Yeah, he's very but wrong. But he could be right for himself. You yeah. never know. I bet he's like, eating some kale right now. He's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my god, did you watch this? Eat a burger, you freaking hobo. <laughs> yeah. So the, the other thing about vegan, and because I'm in the f- health and fitness industry for a long time, people were shocked. People mm. were like, but you eat so healthy. Like, you probably don't even have cake, do you? I'm like, yeah, I do. I have cake. I got birthdays, don't I? Yeah. Right. But when I was doing veganism, I didn't want to eat your traditional made-in-the-factory type of food. I wanted to keep the whole foods as much as I can, but that's yeah. limited because I'm allergic to nuts as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, exactly. Oh I boy. can't really consume all of <laughs> yeah. that. So I had to go keto vegan. Wow. Are you, are you that fat. annoying passenger on the plane when you come and then they have yes. to don't have, li- they don't serve peanuts yeah. for the whole plane because <laughs> well, of actually, you? I'm, a, I'm not allergic to peanuts. I'm allergic yeah. to tree nuts. You know, okay. look at that. That's so a rap song happening. I'm not learning to peanuts. I'm learning to peanuts. So listen to this. There's a reason why I don't have Indian food anymore. Because yeah. the last time I had Indian food in Hong Kong, I was in ICU. I asked the waiter, sir, does this have nuts in it? He full on said, no, it's butter chicken. It's no, <laughs> no, no nuts. So I'm like, I love how the non comedian is doing the accent. We can't get away yeah, with it. Yeah. No, <laughs> not anymore. He is Indian. He can't I know, even I do know. it. I'm from Malaysia. We got Indians, we got Malays, oh, we got then Chinese. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we do full on, like, we make fun of each other. And it's yeah, all yeah. good. It's all oh, fun. Oh, full on. Yeah, right? no respect right? in Malaysia. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't know it had cashew paste in it. Did you guys uh, know butter chicken had cashew paste in it? I have no idea what's it. I only know they have butter and chicken. That's all I know. I recognize those two. I know cashew and toothpaste. Do they make it? <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I wonder, think so. 
Fresh breath, at least. Omega-3 fresh breath. Let's yeah. put it that so, way. Yeah. So anyway, I had it because I was like, why does this taste so good? Amazing. Great. So, you know, chuck it down. And then I was in ICU for two nights. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I didn't even know I had a reaction until I was like, I went in bed and I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, why do I feel so hot? Yeah. Mm. And I don't feel at ease. Like, you know, something's wrong. So yeah. I went to the bathroom, looked in the mirror. My, have you seen the movie Hitch? Uh, yes. Okay. You know, Will Smith, when yeah. he had like a whole face uh, yeah. up? That was me. Oh, wow. no. Except I was starting to have trouble breathing. <laughs> oh, man. So I like fought my way out of Hong Kong yeah. streets, looked for a taxi. Yeah. I like died in the taxi in the backseat and say, like, take me to the nearest hospital, please, to the yeah. cab driver. And he goes, which hospital? Yeah. Anything. Yeah, like, I'm about to die. Yeah. yeah. Few words. You Can't decide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You decide. Take me. You oh, you know when you do that in, a, in Hong Kong taxi, it's going to take you to the hospital next to the airport. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so oh, great. You know that. That. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah so Because I had like full-on hoodie on. Even when yeah. I rocked up to ER, yeah. the leader was like, okay, take a number. And I'm like, I'm about to die here. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> so when I finally got there and they, they called my number, it was like 12 o'clock in the, uh, midnight anyway. Mm. Yeah. Nurse pulled the curtain open. Was like, "Hey, sick chotty man in Cantonese. Like, what did you yeah. eat wrong?" And I pulled my hoodie down. She goes, "Oh my gosh!" She got the whole crew in, jabbing <laughs> adrenaline in the steroids. I'm like, "Oh, I guess it was that bad. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have butter <laughs> oh, chicken no more." Man, more. yeah, I bet yeah. you that guy. When was that? Like, was that recent in Hong this Kong? This was in 2014. Yeah, it was oh, like a damn. year after I moved here. I moved here in 2013. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wait. But okay, so that was the veganism. Yes. But when you were talking about the flight thing, I adopted um, prolonged fasting. Okay. As well, so I it was. It was this wasn't adopted because I firmly believe in the lifestyle. I wanted to experiment. Mm. Before cancer, I thought to myself, oh, if I, could, if I could be the female version of Tim Ferriss, that'd be kind of cool. Oh, right. yeah, it was one yeah, of those. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. as detailed as him, as yeah. in like, I didn't take blood work before yeah, I did yeah, that. Yeah. So I, weren't, I wasn't uh, in the know of what my, my, nu- my nutrient deficiencies were. Mm. Yeah. And also my blood levels and different things. Because different people respond differently to the type of food that yeah, your yeah, body yeah. can ingest and digest. So that was the one mistake. If you are going to be experimenting, get all your data set up. Yeah. Tim Ferriss takes it to another level, though. He's like a data freak. Yes. You know, like I I listen to his podcast and stuff, and he talks a lot about his health uh, habits and everything. And like Mm -hmm. he's really investing in like mushrooms and different different herbs and everything he's trying to work out. So yeah, he does a little bit. He he takes it to another level where it's like, like, it's good to know, Mm. but I don't have the resources that you are clearly going through right now. Right, so yeah, you have that, but okay, it's good. Absolutely, it's good to also try. Absolutely. I mean, it's fair. A lot of people will try all these fad diets and everything, all yeah. or just random stuff, and it's fair because you never know how your body responds to it, right? Some people can do like fasting for hours and hours. Ramadan's like yeah. no big deal. Yeah, you exactly. tell me to fast for two hours, I'm like, <laughs> forget this religion. It's like the the most common joke we get every year, like we make every year during Ramadan, is not even water. Every white person, yeah, because that's the most common question. I'm like, I'm fasting. Do you understand fasting is not eating? Yeah, but it's always the same question. Not even water. I'm like. Yeah. Nope. But that's interesting because when I dive deep into fasting, I, you know, you build it up first. First, yeah. I was trying the 16-8, then I was trying different numbers in terms of the daily basis. Then I was trying 24 hours a week. Then I went into two days a week. Then I went to three days in a row in a week. Then I went to five days. So the longest one was seven days. Mm. Seven days, and out of the seven days was two days no water and five days wow. water fast. Yeah. So but, that's juicing? Is that what's called juicing? <laughs> no, no, no for not at all. I not at all, dude. So, what, what? Nada. You don't no, eat anything. Nothing. You don't drink anything. Yeah. Okay. Here's the odd awesome. thing. After so a now day, I am the guy who's like, what? Nothing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so water fasting is just purely water. You don't have a blueberry because I read some fasting. Oh, and I'm hungry. I take a blueberry, but I'm fasting. Like that makes no sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so cheating, even, yeah. even water, just water. No coffee, no tea, 
Not, not even candy, no gum. Okay, wow. yeah, that's that's a little that intense. Saliva what about well? food yeah. for thought? No, okay, never mind. <laughs> 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 Literally, <laughs> you're brain dead by that time. Okay, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I was very calm. Okay, and I found a hack. Like when you are stressed out and you travel and you think, oh, "Fuck, I gotta wait in the queue. Mm. I gotta be at the airport. You miss your flight. Da da da. Fast." Yeah. You have no energy to be pissed off. Right. Oh. You would just be like, you know what? Fuck off. I'm here anyway. I'm just going to yeah. reserve whatever energy I have left yeah. to be zen. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. it's an easy state. Uh, yeah, wow. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. And, and mm. you get to have the window seat and not have to worry about getting out to piss. Right, right. Because you have you nothing in you. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna, <laughs> yeah. And you save money because airport food's fucking expensive. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Wow, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anymore because after cancer, I'm like, I don't know if I want to fast anymore because I'm not sure. So all the evidence behind like autophagy and how it cleanses your system, mm. uh, also how it's good for your digestive system, take a break and also for your mental break. For me right now, I felt like I feel like I've done so much before it. Now I'm a bit more hesitant. Yeah, mm. understanding that it is a stress trigger for some, especially in women. A lot of fasting studies have been done on men and only men. Mm. Not a lot of studies have been done on women. So yeah. women hormonally are different. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. I'm intrigued. If anyone out out there knows of studies based on studies on women, I think uh, our uh, my friend, our listener, regular listener Tamara might help you. Uh, she she would be listening to this, and she is actually studying to be. I will fuck this up, but basically like a nu- nutritionist. Nutritionist, yes. Nutritionist? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, so I think by the time she listens to this, she would reach out and send you something. Awesome. Um, Thank you, Tamara. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so going back, so before the cancer, the whole thing, you're, you're, you're on a vegan diet. Mm. So what were the first symptoms that something is wrong? Um, nosebleeds. Nosebleeds. Yeah, random nosebleeds. Typically, I would bleed as a, as a kid when you you know when the seasons change. You're the nosebleed kid. I'm the nosebleed kid because you know in the <laughs> every States, classroom had one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Malaysia, it's yeah. a hot country, but yeah. everything is air conditioned except for right. school. It's just, right. They burn you in hell for school for yes. some reason. And then I moved to the states, and the seasons change and pollen mm. change, so nosebleeds again. But when I moved to Hong Kong, I hadn't had nosebleeds for a long time. Right. And then when I went back to Malaysia just for like a month, I had two random nosebleeds just at random times. Okay. And I was napping a lot. I was fatigued. I had literally had no energy, yet I couldn't sleep. I had trouble sleeping. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, so nosebleeds, so fatigue, sleep is getting disrupted. Yeah. You can't really sleep well. Yeah. Brain okay. fog, focus, so, uh, lack of motivation. Yeah. So the, day, the night before I went to the hospital, I saw red spots all over my legs. I didn't know what it was. I looked it up. You shouldn't look things up when it's like three o'clock in the morning. Every yeah. time like you yeah. look Every time. Up. All yeah. you got to do is do the first scroll and you're like, fuck this. I can't I, I, anymore. I, I'm not going to get into a full story, but like my friend's dog bit me like a, like a few years back. And I didn't even know. Like I knew about rabies, but I didn't know like how it works. Oh my God, that was so I looked so up creepy. like dog bite uh. and literally Google goes, the best thing you can do for uh, someone who got bitten by a dog is to make them comfortable. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like call your friends, prepare your funeral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Fucking That's Google. True, yeah. Never it's time Google to get the robe out, get the fluffy slippers, yeah. okay? Yeah. Or my bag of Cheetos. Yeah. And go. then you have the guys in the comments going like, haha, I had rabies too. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Like, what See the hell, you in hell. So let me oh, ask you this though. Okay, so then uh, as a kid growing up, you had like the nosebleed and everything. So w- did you find reoccurrences in your also mentality, as in like you were the kid who would always have to get nervous or anxious, or was there that as well? Because what I've been a lot of my research. I've been doing about less cancer or general health as well immunology and all that stuff so uh, a lot of it has to do with psychology as well right so like I have a little immune deficiency as well that recently happened since last year and so what I found the more I study is that 
more stressed that I get, the more my immune system is like, goodbye, it's not happening, mm. right? And that actually brings me back to my cancer days. So uh, as a kid growing up, if we had, let's say, sports day, that morning I would be like super excited and just throw up. And like mm-hmm. just get sick that morning. I'm like, oh, it's morning. Yeah, yeah. Not going to school. Actually, it sounds like me after basketball. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say this is actually kind of like my dog. When I'm like, I keep her in the house for too long. I'm like, yeah. hey, do you want to go out to piss? And she just pisses right there. <laughs> <laughs> right you said piss. You didn't say when. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You said the word. So okay, so yeah, you were that kid who sometimes like after stuff you get overly excited and and it's just like the best thing ever and it's too much to handle is that yeah dude so okay I was nodding the whole time you were saying it because I wasn't I I wasn't aware of all of that it wasn't until cancer when I went to deep dive because being a health and fitness professional for all that time and priding yourself in always upping your education like I got my certification nutrition and training all that stuff and also going for our workshops and stuff I was shocked as well in terms of like what in the world what the fuck did I do wrong yeah but one thing I never paid attention to was my mental health. Yeah, right. All the psychology of things. Like, yeah. I was the person who goes, oh, self-help book? Let me check that back on the shelf. I don't need that shit. Right. Yeah, you know, Tony I'm, Robbins, I'm whatever. I don't need no Tony Robbins. Yeah, I, yeah, got, yeah. I got it covered, you know? Yeah. What, yeah. raped when I was like a kid? I had, I was, I got pregnant. I got an abortion. Right. Yeah. You know what? That's fine. I dealt with it. I, you mm. know, shoved it to the side. Get right. assaulted by five guys and not being able to get my car out? Yeah, you know what? That's okay. It's not traumatizing at all. Yeah, yeah. All right. that stuff, right? So you're just like putting things in the... Exactly. Yeah. I got really good at suppressing shit. Right, I got right. really good at pretending like I got this. I got this. I got. Which but is actually it takes so much strength. Yeah, but it's also like it's something that like you you had to deal with, and it's something that guys by default are conditioned to do, That's which is really is. fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys like yeah. deal with like obviously not maybe not necessarily the same experiences, but like something happens, you're like I'm a dude. This is not gonna affect yeah, me. Yeah, I'm and fine. And then it comes yeah. back to you when you're like 55, and you just take it out on a random person. That's yeah. how and you end up killing random people because you've had like 30 years Absolutely. of just shuffling, like bottling things up and then it just comes out somehow. So it's actually good to kind of like, all right, I need to take inventory of what the fuck is going on. Yeah, you got to right take ownership of it. I mean, yeah. when they say patriarchy is shit, yeah, patriarchy is shit because men suffer from patriarchy as well. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. all of that goes into why is this persona, why is this stoic persona so idealized and so idolized? Mm. Why is this so aspired and desired? Yeah. People just want to appear strong, but it takes true strength to show that you are human yeah. mm-hmm. and that you do have emotions and feelings and how can you own it? That's true strength to me. That's yeah. true courage to yeah. me. And funny that you bring this up because it's because I've been through all of that that now I'm even more of an advocate for men's mental health. Yeah. And when right. I talk about men's mental health, I don't imply that you have any illness or disease. Right. It's more of a dis-ease. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And being honest. Right. Yeah. If you're tired, be fucking honest. Yeah. If you want to go home and cuddle with your kids, be fucking honest about it. Right, don't, right. You don't know, got to make up some lies. If, yeah. if, if you, you want to go home and spoon your wife, be honest. Yeah. Right. If you want to go and spoon her, his wife, be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't hey. know about being honest there. You okay. might lose a buddy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's a recent trend as well nowadays. Like, for example, a lot of uh, NGOs and different organizations are working on mental well-being, especially for kids. So uh, I work with Kelly Support, and they, they're really big on Excellent mental well-being. Group. Right? So same thing is that what I've noticed that now the world's trend is changing towards like not so much like you know eat healthy, exercise, but it's also like how are you feeling? Because that's something you can't see, right? And that's an issue, even like you said, you did not realize yourself as well. And same with myself is that after a while, you know, re- you read enough like motivation books and everything. Like, Come on, you can power through it. You can do it. right? And you're like, yeah, I can do it. Mm. And then you don't realize that actually that has a negative consequence where you only have so much reserves you can use at one go. So, for example, let's say we do comedy, right? Mm. Well, let's say we do uh, a show back to back at night, let's say an hour each. And then the next day you're just like dead. 
And you don't realize, right. like, well, I just spoke for two hours. What's the big deal? But then yeah. you don't realize that when you're on stage, you're doing like 300% version of yourself. Yes. So same with like, let's say you it's do any sort of sports. On. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you coach a class, you have to be full on. Yeah. Correct. Like, I think one of the reasons why people get like such a horrible um, impression of personal trainers, especially personal trainers who do like eight clients in a day. Right. Yeah. They're spent. They yeah. have to deal with eight people's psychology. They have to deal with eight people's trauma. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why you're so spent. So yeah. if you just observe someone on their eighth session, you can't judge them based yeah. on one that session. See, I think that's the thing is that that's the difference between you will see different trainers. You got some trainers who are like yeah, going through the motions. Fair enough. I, I I get it. You know, it's just mm. the job for a lot of people. But then you got some who are like really for that one hour, they're like focusing every little move you're doing, every joint. Yeah. And people don't realize it's like a teacher. You know, you, you go teach, you get summer holidays, like you, you go teach. Yeah. Okay, you go teach you for like the rest of the You go deal with 30 kids yeah, of exactly. all the different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you tell me if like one month summer holiday is enough for you, you know. So same thing. I think that's what people don't realize is that there's a lot of mental toll on any sort of perfo- person who is especially performing or one-on-one-ing or basically like observing on a yeah. third-person point of view. In service. Yeah, in services. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So a yeah, lot it's, of that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's unlike, uh, let's say, a bank teller. Yeah. When you're like, when someone, you're dealing with them for five minutes and after that, you don't need to know anything about them. That's yeah. true. That's true. You, but, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think with bank tellers, they have the power there. You piss them off like, okay, well, I'm going to do shit for you. What yeah, you yeah, yeah, do yeah. Now? You're not getting your money now. Exactly. So like, yeah. like people in, those, in, the, in that position, like police or whatever it true. is, they have the power to be dicks to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, yeah, yeah. if you want to be a dick in your job, go look for those jobs. Yeah, I mean, exactly, the yeah. police especially have the power to do it. Like They don't need to do it, but they do because, you know, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Lot, I mean, like you're talking to two guys who <laughs> <laughs> clearly, yeah, yeah, the best the whole. I'm just standing there. Then today they're here. like, yeah, today's my day. Let's go up to this guy. I, I actually, I didn't tell you. Like, I was like, I have a joke in my act about how I'm here to be white, quote unquote, because I never got stopped in Hong Kong, and I think maybe the someone have seen <laughs> yeah, the, they said that the show, yeah. and then they literally just stopped me. On the, they obviously not from the show, but this, I got stopped the first time. In two years. Oh shit! And I'm like, I flipped out. Be careful of what you I ask am, for. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm pointing up my face. I'm like, come on, white yeah. guy, this is the wrong. Guy. Why would you? Like, <laughs> yeah. hello, what is wrong with you? Did they not train you? You had different profiles. Exactly. Ignore, different, ignore, ignore. No, get I pulled that. a picture of you. I'm like, that's who you want to see. Yeah. Stop. They're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we get it. Okay, so let's come back to the 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 experience of cancer thing and how it's changed your life and what you're doing now as well. All right, so because I'm always fascinated to hear people's transitional points in their lives if they had any. And for example, what was the mental process? So for example, like when I was going through cancer and stuff, initially it was it was the same steps, right? The anger, the acceptance, all that kind of thing. And initially I was really pissed off because I'm like, I have friends who drink, smoke, and have a worse life than me, and yet I'm the one here who's getting chemo and everything. It doesn't make sense, right? But then over time, you kind of have to come to terms with it. And then now, do you find that your view on life has changed. Like, for example, cancer kind of encouraged me to do comedy because I was like, well, if, I mean, cancer didn't kill me. What's a bunch of people not laughing going to do to me, right? Right. Perspective. So that, that, yeah, perspective, yeah. right? Have you had a lot of those? Has this changed, like, your perspective? And how many no's please do you still get nowadays? <laughs> um, okay, there's a lot of questions there, so let's yeah. go back to the, main, to the one thing. In terms of the sequence of those emotions, yeah. I didn't experience those. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, w- when I first heard about leukemia, my first thought was, that sounds familiar. What is that? Something kids get? Let me look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was legit my response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I found it, I'm like, blood cancer. Oh, okay. Let me text a whole bunch of people and tell them I cannot make it to this workshop. I cannot yeah. make it to this. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do the logistics first. So that put me in like my thinking part, my rational part. Right. I wasn't really tapping into my emotions just yet. Uh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Within two days of being diagnosed, I was in a, a minister chemo. 
Yeah. Mm. So if anything, I didn't really yes. have time to process and like, emotion yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two days. So yeah, and, yeah. They, they because rather, your case was acute. No, mine's uh, a case. So yeah. With, so when mine is acute, and when and when they uh, when they checked me in into ER, I was in critical condition. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. My places were really low. Apparently, if I was going to say like low, this is also when I want to like slow down a bit because I want to try to get to uh, like how you're feeling. And when was the moment when you just kind of like collapsed if, if there was any? There wasn't a collapse. It was more of, wow, I need to drag the suitcase up two flights of stairs. I took half an hour. Okay. It was that yeah. kind of energy Because I'm trying really to think like if someone, God forbid, if someone is going through something similar, mm. when do they need to be like, fuck, something is wrong? Because everyone, especially in a busy yeah, city, yeah. everyone is kind of tired all the time. Yeah. Correct, correct. When do you know like, okay, something it's, is wrong? It's hard. Yeah. So look back in... Looking back now, I think if I had the practice of meditation and body scan more frequently and more in tune, mm. I probably would have picked it up. I was only doing meditation to go to sleep. So I wasn't really in tune with that. I played a yeah. nap. Okay, whatever. I did it. Mm. Right? But now sitting in silence and doing a body scan has been so beneficial for me. Because when I start to feel tightness, and I think a lot of people in Hong Kong have that tightness in their chest. Yeah. There are a lot of anger, a lot of frustration that people don't want to say out and speak out, especially now that we're a mask-wearing nation. Yeah. It's even more so that... Actually, it, may, it might be easier. You, you might be just going around saying "fuck off, fuck off, fuck oh, off." Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love. Oh, like, so good. Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm talking to myself under my under my mask all the time. Yeah. Like, this guy's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's great though. You just like let out some of the anger. Yeah. 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 And but the I mask mean, is yeah. Exactly. Speaking of anger, anger then hit me until like three months later. Really? Three months later. How after, long was your th- uh, the chemo process? I had five rounds of chemo. Every how how often? One week. So oh, my first so round, yeah. Okay, so okay. my first round of chemo was two different types of chemo for seven days. I was on a twenty-four-hour drip. Mm. So you go to the bathroom, you bring your chemo with you, kind yeah. of situation. Mm. And then you have to recover for like three to six weeks, depending on your platelets and how your neutrophil count goes. Mm. When you're well enough, you can take chemo again. Isn't that the irony of it? You need uh, to get well to get chemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. need to get well from chemo to get more chemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. So the, this yeah. is the irony of chemotherapy. So the side well, effect of chemo is cancer. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, man. So chemotherapy, wow. in case you don't know, real, real concise thing is that it's basically like poison for your body, and you're kind of committing semi-suicide in a way. Mm. Except that what you're trying to do is that you're trying to poison everything, and hopefully the cancer cells can survive, but you can. Right. right? So, so this is different from targeted therapy. Targeted therapy is a little different, but yeah. different cancer allows targeted therapy and immunotherapy. Yeah, correct. So I would leukemia, but blood is like lymphoma as well as like you know, yeah, uh, yeah. full we body. So you have the full, full, yeah, the full yeah. body thing. So that's what it is that like your whole body is getting attacked. So pretty much. So I'm sure you went the process like when you, the first day is like oh this terrible throwing up whatever. I'm sure you had stuff like that. Or just basically um, feeling it, terrible? It was more of like weeks, actually. The first week, I thought, okay, I can do this. By the fifth day, I'm like, wow, this pain came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and what, it's different thinking, for everyone, So right? every day, so okay, I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, recap from mine. Was Mine was mm. every three weeks, six, mm. uh, six shots of chemotherapy. And so for the first 10 days, it's just getting worse. Like every day is just getting worse mm. and worse, right? By the 10th day, you're like, dude, I feel miserable. I don't want to wake up and everything. And then you kind of pick up again, right? And mm. like you said, you got to get better to get the next chemo. So like, right. let's say day 20, you're like, I'm feeling all right. Oh, 90% I'm pretty yeah. good. And you and know, day you're 21, like, you're like, let's yeah. do this again. Yeah, yeah. All over again. Actually, each round of chemo was, was okay. The first round was really bad. Everyone after that was good until I hit my bone marrow transplant chemo. That uh, chemo is different. Yeah. So all the other chemotherapy, the the drugs they use and the dosage they give you is not enough to kill you, but yeah. just enough to like suppress the shit out of you. Right. Yeah, yeah. The the one for transplant is where they kill you. Yeah. Because they need you to pretty much 
all they need all the cells to go and then they you know transfuse you yeah. with, a, with a donor cell mm-hmm. so i asked the doctor like what happens if the donor kind of pulled out and what happens to the bag of blood yeah. on the way from china to here yeah. what happens if that doesn't come in time and he goes we try not to think about that yeah i'm thinking about it yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like there must be some plan b condensed right. plan yeah. here right yeah. no nothing just yeah. pray and hope okay okay yeah. fine like, while you're talking to him he's checking on taobao very quickly he's, he's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we have a yeah. Don't worry about DHL it. DHL says it's on its way, might yeah. be delayed <laughs> with the delivery guy. And yeah. it turns out they couldn't send it over because there was no caretaker downstairs to open the door for right. the delivery. Oh my God. Dude, it, but I mean, talk about anxiety. That's when I realized, wow, I must have been really an anxious kid, but I never realized how anxious yeah. I was. Because yeah. laying on a hospital bed and you're like seven day in of this highly toxic chemo that's going to kill you. And you're thinking, Will I get here? Will I get here? Will mm. I get here? Please don't get in the car accident. Please don't get in the car accident. Yeah, you know, right. please get in the plane. Please don't miss the flight. All that shit. Yeah, and and that's a that's a perfect example of like basically like just burning the engine. In other words, like if you read a lot of mental health books, what they say is like sometimes when you worry too much, you can't do anything with it, but you can't avoid. But it, you right? manifest shit yeah, too you manifest, when you think yeah. too much about exactly, shit. Exactly. Yeah, because you over you're like, oh, it's not gonna happen. I don't. It's not gonna happen. And then you and it ends up like not happening because you're like, it's, it's not happening. It's not right. happening. No, yeah. I'm, I'm screwed. And your body's like, it's not happening. Okay, well then screw it. Let's reject everything. Then you know. So yeah, I think so that whole whole process exactly is what it is so to let everybody know first of all if you're going through some weird stuff as you said it's really important that you kind of let it out talk it out and also don't let it stuck in your head I think that's one thing that I when I was going through chemo that it really taught me was that your ment- mentality uh, one tip that it gave me was like always have a goal to look forward to and I would always be like okay after the sixth shot you know, I'll be fine and, you know, I'm going to go do this I'm going to get a job I'm going to do all that kind of stuff right. did you have that goal mentality like once I'm better I want to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G like oh my god don't stop me I'm going to do I'm going to take over the world did you have that? That was a bit of darkness there as in like I can't can't even plan beyond a week because mm. at the time it was really bad like the, my fifth hospital round was when I thought I wanted to kill myself okay. was when I thought you know what what's the fucking point okay, let me, right. if it wasn't for my brother coming the next day and I thought I, well, I don't want my brother to rock up to a dead sister Yeah, that pulled me right out so was it give up or kill myself as in like give up it was give yeah. up okay yeah, yeah. So but did, also yeah. because I, I tried to kill myself before when I was 15 so understood. it was kind of yeah. like, so like recurring same thing, thing. Yeah, understood yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. okay yeah so, yeah. so but I don't want to end on that the reason why I brought it up is because it was rough yeah. Right. You know, is it the pain or is it more like the just the fatigue of the everything? Whole process is everything. Yeah, okay. okay. So chemotherapy works differently from different people and different yeah, types yeah. of cancer as well. Mm. So uh, I think when you're younger, you tend to have more, I, I guess, ability to withstand Recover. it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that too. Mm. But I was already in my 30s, so I don't know if that's considered young. Even the doctors, like, oh, you're still young, whatever. So. Mm. My pain typically happens in the gut. And that's when I know I got gut issues as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All my pain were always in the gut. From every single chemo round, it's always in the gut. And I would need morphine mm. because it was so bad that it taxes your system. You know, can you imagine now you have a tummy ache from, from, and food poisoning or whatsoever, right? right? Yeah. You're walking around. You're trying to do normal shit. You're trying to right. get groceries. You're trying to go to the bathroom. And yeah. you can't. You're just in pain. Yeah. Right. You have no energy to talk to your wife or to your girlfriend, to your boyfriend. You have no energy to do any of that shit. Yeah. You can't even go on Instagram because yeah. you're just too much in pain. You're just like everything in your body is focused on yeah, the pain exactly. and See, the one part. See, when I talk part. about it, my body curled up into that same position when I was. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, the more I read them to Joe Dispenza, I think you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza as well. You said that you've been on your own health journey there. And a lot of like Dr. Gabor Mate and how mm. our trauma and our childhood all manifest in our body and how it expresses. Mm. So for me, I understood that the more I suppress all of this shit, the more the body is going to realize, well, I have no outlet. So I'm going to make something in here. Yeah. Right. If putting in layman terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like scraping the table. Like so I get, I get hurt or something like that. Yeah, same deal. Yeah. So, 
So let's let's switch it up to a little bit more positive things. Like we've been talking about <laughs> nothing, but like, oh I my mean, god, we're talking about mini goals, right? So my yeah. mini goals were okay today. If I want to get two thousand steps in in the hospital room, let's do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Hong Kong hospital room was really small. It was literally like this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is my exactly, lap exactly, yeah. and yeah. get two thousand steps. Yeah. Good. Today was good. And then the second day, we're like, let's see if I can get two thousand five hundred steps. It's just setting these little mini goals. Right. Yeah. And it goes down to movement because movement is really important to me. And then food and stuff like that. Now. Let's fast forward out of the hospital. Out mm-hmm. of hospital, it's also quite daunting to think, what am I going to do next year? What if, you know, what if relapse happened? Yes. Like, these are recurring thoughts, unfortunately. And as much as I try to not think about them, the harder I try is like, don't think about the pink elephant. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. So now I'm going to think about it. Yeah. Instead, I decided, okay, I'm just going to focus on opening my heart and really dive deep into psychology and emotional wellness and stuff. So my podcast called Tackling Minds was actually born out of this goal setting yeah. and reliving with purpose and everything that you do now does it align with your purpose right so yeah tell us a little bit more about your podcast tell the listeners like what is like what kind of guests do you have what do you talk about just tell us a little bit about it season one was all about resilience okay and how resilience is cultivated through different things everyone mm. with different background you cultivated resilience your own way mm. your own way and it's all based on where you grew up how you were raised, your families, your friends, how you interacted with other people, what kind of um, life events you accumulated as well. How daring were you? If you're a shy person and you always want to be cautious, then chances are you don't expose yourself to many things to even build resiliency on. You don't give yourself the opportunities. Yeah, right. So the more you say yes to shit, chances are the tougher you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, that makes sense. Are you on a break now or... You said season one. Is yeah. it like so? Se- season one is all of that, and the people I interview uh, were all from different backgrounds as well. Right. Business, fitness, health. I mean, largely on on health and fitness, mm. but just parkour, different things. On season two, I decided to dedicate it to men and mm. men's mental health. Okay. So the topics are going to be around fatherhood, male friendships, mm. yeah. dating relationships, sex, intimacy, yeah, violence, things like That's that. That's great. When can we expect it? Are I'm you, currently is it filming once my, once my little Zoom track yeah. that Vivek's using right now. Yeah. Once oh, it recovers, because nice. okay. I got some water in it, stupid me. Yeah. So once it recovers, then I don't have a Patreon fund to like pay for another one. So yeah. uh, hopefully it recovers. Otherwise, I have to look for plan B. But yeah, I'm hoping to get this out at least by the end of summer. Okay, Perfect. Yeah, ready for fall. So what, what are the things that like you basically everyday passionate about like i'm sure like you do a lot of stuff okay so first of all, when mo told me that but yeah of course this is like yeah. this is a month I, you make me feel like i'm lazy now it's like same, oh, this guy's doing nothing yeah this is why I i'm a hardworking her. lazy person <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> my no. default is lazy yeah <laughs> well i think everyone's default is lazy though that's uh, that's exactly very interesting because you can have a lot of stuff that you need to do yeah but you're like can i just not yeah but you are someone who you were saying earlier uh, off air that you like started a gym at four five forty five that's not normal for most people because I need to, you know, do stuff in the morning. I just don't. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fully understand. So my current priority is trying to fix my sleep. And I understand the circadian rhythm-wise, if I get up early and then consistently at the same time, yeah. then hopefully I'll fall asleep with no problem. Yeah. Right. I have problems falling asleep. That's the issue. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to sleep too late because I know that fucks up my sleep. Well, we are also like night workers. Yeah, so that's yeah. Like, for us, it's a night. I used to be a night owl. Yeah. And I used to not be able to function in the morning. Now it's like completely flipped. It's so yeah. weird how it's the body weird. changes. Actually, it's a very good point because like a lot of, like I used to, before comedy really took off, I was doing web design, web development. 
development. I would work late at night till six in the morning yeah. and I'll sleep during the day, right? And like, yeah, you just somehow feel every day like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling well rested for some yes, reason. Yeah. You know, it's really Even weird. Even if you slept like, for 10 hours. Why are you right? sleeping yeah. your 10 cup of coffee? Why am I not rested? Yeah, right. like yeah. what's going on? Yeah, okay. I used to work in call centers uh, as like where university jobs and it was outsourced. So it's 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, and that was my every summer for like four years. It was brutal. Yeah. That somehow actually that might have led to me doing comedy because I'm already used to just being very active at night. Yeah. I, yeah. It could have an if, Im, impact as well over there. Yeah. So, okay, let, let's, let's actually recap because I really, I'm very fascinated with your whole story, your whole transformation, and also your experience at House Manifested into where you are today, mentally and both physically as well. Because on top of the fitness, like you're not the physical, but also mental as well, right? So the whole process was you went through a lot of trauma growing up and you basically got into the habit of like, you know, powering through it. Right? So I'm sure a lot of people have their own issues. We're not trying to compare, like, oh, have you had this? Well, that's right, nothing, yeah. right? Exactly. But everyone's it's not about comparison. It's exactly, valid. yeah. And I think that's an issue a lot of people have. Like, well, my issue is a small thing. What am I complaining about, right? right. And which is why I'm not the type of person saying, well, look at her. She's done this. Uh, what's your what's your complaint about? But mm-hmm. it's more like, okay, that's your issue. That's your 100% issue that you're dealing with. How can you face it and make it better and solve it? So one thing I've learned, and I'm, I'm learning from appreciating your whole story, is that you're no longer trying to basically get stronger just to deal with these issues, but you're learning how to actually t- basically tend to them. As in, I have these issues, I got to deal with, as in, sorry, not to get stronger to fight them, but more like to how to deal with them, right? So what was the thing that you do? Is there any like habits you have every day where you have to take like moments of gratitude and everything? You know, you wake up and say, I'm going to be grateful, or you have goals every day, or do you have like highlights that you look forward to, write journals, stuff like that, that people can kind of take as a reference point? I actually used to do that when I was in Malaysia before moving back to Hong Kong. It was like the perfect morning routine. You get up, I pray. Yeah. Mm. There's power in pray. And it's not praying like talking shit. Yeah. It's you fully embody gratitude. Yeah, yeah. And that's before sunrise. And then I'll journal. Yeah. And right. then I'll get my, my own cup of coffee. So it's rituals. Rituals are a big thing for couples, right. for, for solo, whatever it is. Mm. But right now in Hong Kong, I find it, it to be different because I don't find myself being able to be in an environment where I feel like praying. I feel like journaling. Right. It's, yeah. I guess also environment not being close to nature difference. is, is, is yeah, quite important. Yeah. I mean, like, Be, yeah. Being a concrete jungle changes things. Yeah. Oh, people, yeah. I mean, like, like sure. I can yeah. imagine when you're in Malaysia, you look out the window, you see the sky. Here you look yeah. out the window, you see neighbors. You're like, ah, yeah. I'm not grateful <laughs> for that. My, my windows are fully covered because yeah. I see nothing. I don't want to look at gutters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm so not grateful for anything. Yeah. yeah. But if anything, one thing I started to practice is observation. Yeah. Practice observing. So when you start to observe, Self-observe or a surrounding observe? Anything. Okay, okay. Just, just a practice of observe. You either observe yourself or you mm-hmm. observe your surroundings. And that prompts you to think. And when you think and when you wonder, you get curious. So wait, wait. You're, you're, you're just, uh, talking about conscious observation as you take, like, let's say, five, ten minutes of like, I'm just going to quietly observe and notice things. That's what you're talking about? No, it's more of like injecting in any part. So for example, in the morning when I come here, I look down Wellington Street for a bit because the gym that I work is on Wellington Street, Limitless. Yeah. I'll look down the street for a bit. I'm like, wow. You look at the you look how dirty the street is. You look at how right. wet it is. You look at where did the rain fall. You you kind of take in your full surrounding mindfulness. Mm. Mindfulness. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay, okay, but okay. it's not like I stopped dead in the street for like yeah, five yeah, minutes yeah, going yeah. Mm, all that. Yeah, it's yeah, as yeah. I walk, I'm observing. So fast forward twelve o'clock. I'm in the MTR. I'm mm. like, okay. You observe people's shoes and you wonder, wonder where they went today. What did they right. step in? Were they in a rush? Do they have money for shoes? Because this mm. shoe is really old. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. You know, shit like that. Okay, okay, It's because okay. of these thoughts that promotes the practice of curiosity. Yeah. Staying curious. People want to say, oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm just, 
doing my job. I'm just going to get the bills paid and that's it. Right. Well, okay, you are pretty much your own slave now because mm. you're doing things to appease, I don't know, appease what. But why are kids so happy? They are curious. Mm. So if we stop playing and we stop being curious, I would think that we die before our death. Mm. Right. Okay. Well, it, it has a lot of similarities to even comedy as well. I mean, one of our aspects is also observation. Oh, yeah. Curiosity yeah. Sure. yeah. And challenging the norms as well. I, well, not, cha- not challenging as a negative way, but more kind of like, why is this normal? Why is yes. that not normal? Yeah. Right? I, I fully respect what you guys do. So my, my first husband, he was a part-time stand-up comic as well. Oh, really? So, yeah. We never a, talked about this. That's I know, crazy. right? It's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about him because he full-on like left me on my divorce. And I'm like, oh, hang on. Okay. We talked about, you know, both of us are going to do this together. We're going to both sign the papers. Uh, that's comedians and for you. And he never ran off. Comedian. And I'm like, so I had to pay the, oh, my, the whole divorce for myself. Oh, that sucks. Oh, man. Fucking A. So I don't want to talk about him. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so what I would notice is that the fact that he would just make fun of anything and everything. Right. Yeah. Based on like everything he observes. Yeah. But his comedy is a bit dark and twisted. Like, right. You would mm-hmm. talk about abortion and rape yeah. and all yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm like, you're like Anthony Jeselnik. That, that sort. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I've always played around with the thought of, I wonder if I can go on stage and, and talk shit to a whole bunch of people and not feel like I'm shy. Yeah. Right. Do you so, want to try? No, no, not right now. <laughs> I got too much shit going on my plate right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, given the opportunity in the future, I wouldn't say no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would good, say good. non the but yeah. non the uh, on the back burner for yeah, the Yeah, what's with fitness people doing comedy nowadays? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We do have a couple was, of them. Yeah, yeah. A couple I was of Mook. Mook. Actually, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know Mook. She's a friend of Mook as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay. I actually got Mook on tackling minds and. Oh, I, like I asked him, look, I'm really curious on how people can use comedy as therapy. And right. not like, you know, the proper psychology therapy, but it's therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. I, could, I could see it from my ex. It's therapeutic for him to get all that stuff out. Oh, yeah. It's his way of processing it and articulating it into a craft. And it's also and sometimes a that. defense mechanism as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's a coping and defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like, for I think, sure. was it Seinfeld, someone who said, like, like, I will make fun of myself before you make fun of me. Yeah. You know what I it's mean? It's not Seinfeld, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's, it's, it's the idea that uh, you're going to make fun of me. Well, you know what? I'm going to one-up you. Yes, like, Eminem yeah. did that in 8 Mile, the movie as well. He, he oh, rapped yeah, about true. himself and yes. made fun of it. So it's you self-sabotage, could, right? Yeah, so self-sabotage. like when you're in a relationship, oh, I think you're going to break up with me. I'm going to break up with you first. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly. Same deal, same deal. Yeah, uh, exactly. So let's get to the what, what What are you up to now? So you have a few different things yeah, going on. Uh, I mean, even before even before cancer, I had a few different jobs. I had my own business in Malaysia. So we never actually talked about what you do. Every, I know, I think for the listeners, is like, oh, they're talking to a girl who. <laughs> apparently had con- cancer yeah. and then she was it's there she, so yeah what do yeah, you actually yeah. I feel like we need like copyright money for Destiny's Child's I'm a survivor <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that on. was actually one of the songs that my girls in Malaysia dedicated I, to I me bet you when were, they were yeah. doing fundraising for me nice. so yeah that song resonates with me for sure <laughs> so I, I wear a lot of hats even before cancer I wore hats of being a fitness professional and when I say fitness professional it means you are in education mm. you run certification courses mm. you also personal train you teach group fitness and you might present conventions that's right. the fitness professional hat then I wear the hat of a business owner and I was teaching pole dancing I was performing pole dancing choreographing choreographing is that a word well yeah, Did I say yeah. Wrong? Okay, anyway. dancing um, it, yeah. I was doing event management because we had to manage our own events mm. um, doing talent management and then we did productions as well so you have the whole Big circle of going to tech, managing sound, managing tech runs, backstage managing, all that stuff. So that was all that. And then we go into the martial arts part where I don't want to teach it. People are like, wait, you want to teach this? No, I fuck no, I don't want to teach this. But you I want fan, to enjoy though. it. Yeah. Yeah. So the first martial arts I learned was capoeira. 
Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, and people are like, oh, was this like, was Kung Fu the first thing? No, I mean, I would love to learn Kung Fu more. Yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. Hong Kong. But for some reason, being in Hong Kong, I have not touched Kung Fu as much as yeah. I like to. Mm. <laughs> but martial arts actually taught me throughout life that that is empowering. If you want to talk about cultivating resilience and building grit, martial arts is an opportunity for you to practice those skills and practice to be observant of yourself and your ego. Mm-hmm. as well as your partner, the person you're sparring with, and your environment. Mm-hmm. Martial arts teach people so much and empowers women as well. I mean, I think that's the thing with any sort of performance art, like martial arts, comedy, and all that stuff. There's a lot of the mental side of it as well. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee, and he talks a lot about the psychology of what he used to do as before. And I, I, I can fight, number one. I can fight. I can in- encourage people to fight. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I can't and do you, you make jokes about it. And then I make yeah. jokes about it, yeah. Have you been in a street fight before? Because you never know you can fight until you're in the street Me fight. Me in a street fight? Cage fighting and mm. fighting in the academy and street fighting is all different. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm the guy, I'm the ring announcer guy who will be like, all right, you and you fight. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back like, this He's is good. Bruce Buffer, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Wait, yeah. hang on. Who do you, wait, which one do you host for? So I host for, uh, it was Impact and Just MMA. I used to oh, do a lot of their okay, fights as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool, so for cool, them cool. as well. But I mean, every now and then. Right. So, uh, and also the Muay Thai fights every now and then to get me. But the idea is I'm just like, yeah, I love this stuff as long as I'm not the one in the, in the, you know, in the shorts trying fighting. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I Put me in the suit. This. I do the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. After that, <laughs> I will announce guy. who was better, but yeah. I will not do the one who has to be better. <laughs> yeah, I can't take that. Okay, so the, fi- the, the, the final thing I was I'm really curious about is that the mental journey, the physical journey, and what you're doing now, um, are there moments where you still doubt yourself and what you're doing as like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore, maybe it's time to stop this? All the time, dude. Uh, oh, okay. no. Now, I don't want to put that in a negative um, field or energy. The reason why I say that is because imposter syndrome, I think all of us have some level of imposter syndrome. Sure. It all comes down to how you manage it. Do you acknowledge it and do you know how to mitigate it and, and use it to your advantage instead of letting it overpower you? Make it your bitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not its bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in terms of imposter syndrome, I think it comes down to am I am I still healthy? Am I good enough for this? Like is my health gonna be an issue? Mm. Or am I even qualified for this? Yeah. For the whole two years I was not working. I was just focusing on recovering. Yeah. Mm. And that really dampened my confidence. Like when I went back to teach pole dancing, for example, I didn't feel feminine. I didn't have long hair anymore. Right. I didn't feel good about my body and it felt sensual. Mm. And here I am teaching my students to be a lot of things. Right. So it wasn't like, but I've, te- I've taught pole since like 2014. How can I not do it now? This is weird, right? Mm. So yeah, it, on every day there's some level of that that you got to battle with. But the more I push it aside, the more I realize there I am again pushing it to a side. I need to embrace it and then make it work. Wow. Amazing. That is intensely good and really, really applicable to everyone. So basically real simple is that self-reflect. Be honest with yourself and self-reflect, but don't forget that our people around you and people are affected by what you do and what you say. Thank you so much for coming on, Emily. Uh, how do people find you online? Where do we follow your adventures and activities and all of that? Dude, I'm probably overactive on Instagram, so you can find me on Instagram at the Emily Tan. My podcast is at Tackling Minds, and I do have a sex positivity and intimacy education account at the Lush as Lola. So Ooh. just go on my main page, and you'll find it. Amazing. I'm going to put all of these in the descriptions of the episode. So you guys just check out the descriptions. Thank you so much for coming on, Emily. 